As uh, we prepare to turn to Scripture, I'd invite you to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, every time we come before you and your word, uh, Lord, it is a holy privilege uh, to know that you are a God that is alive and present uh, with us, that you are a God uh, that sends your spirit into our midst uh, to enliven words written uh, generations ago uh, so that they uh, speak to us in the here and now. So God, as we uh, prepare to turn to the story of Samson this day, um, Lord, we pray that you would just uh, open our hearts and our spirits, our souls, our minds, um, that we might hear you. That we might hear uh, the call you have uh, for us in these holy words of yours. Oh Lord, may it be so. It's in your name. Amen. Um, so we are turning to scripture um, in the 16th chapter of the book of Judges, uh, where we hear uh, kind of the final chapter of Samson's story. So let us listen together for God's word for us this day. Once Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute and went into her. The, Ga the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. So they circled around and lay in wait in him, for him all night at the city gate. They kept quiet all night thinking, let us wait until the light of the morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay only until midnight. Then at midnight he rose up, took hold of the doors of the city gate and the two posts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. After this, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, coax him and find out what makes his strength so great and how we may overpower him so that we may bind him in order to subdue him. And we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver." So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes your strength so great and how you could be bound so that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that are not dried out, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. Then the lords of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not dried out and she bound him with them. While men were lying in wait in an inner chamber, she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings, as a strand of fiber snaps when it touches the fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you could be bound. He said to her, If they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. The men lying in wait were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you, tell me how you could be bound. He said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and make it tight with the pin, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. 
So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web and made them tight with the pin. Then she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pin, the loom, and the web. Then she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me three times now and have not told me what makes your strength so great. Finally, after she had nagged him with her words day after day and pestered him, he was tired to death. So he told her his whole secret and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, then my strength would leave me. I would become weak and be like anyone else. When Delilah realized that he had told her his whole secret, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, This time, this time come up, for he has told his whole secret to me. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She let him fall asleep on her lap, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. He began to weaken, and his strength left him. Then she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And when he awoke from his sleep, he thought, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shekels, and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to their god Dagon and to rejoice, for they said, Our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravenger of our country, who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson and let him entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the attendant who held him by the hand, Let me fill the pillars on which the house rests, so that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Lord God, remember me and strengthen me only this once. O God, so that with this one act of revenge, I may pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He strained with all his might, and the house fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of, of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we have moved through the book of Judges, We've been talking about the messiness of our human existence and the ways God's mercy moves in the midst of our mess. 
as we come to Samson, the most famous of the judges, the one you are most likely to remember from your childhood if you grew up in the church, that messiness is on full display. Samson is always remembered for his incredible strength. In the midst of the few chapters of his life chronicled in scripture, he kills a thousand men with the donkey's jawbone in response to drama caused by his divorce. He rips out a city's gateposts and doors to set himself free from the threat of a potential ambush. And he pulls an entire temple down upon himself and his enemies with his bare hands to exact revenge on the Philistines. The problem was that Samson did not always remember the source of his strength or its purpose. Samson was chosen by God before he was born. An angel of the Lord visiting his mother, who had been unable to get pregnant before, to let her know the good news and to understand its purpose and her part in it. She was to dedicate her son to God from birth. And the signs of that dedication were to be abstaining from alcohol, avoiding all unclean foods, and never shaving her son's head. The angel goes on to tell her that her son will be the one who begins Israel's rescue from the power of the Philistines. Yet as Samson grows and his life unfolds, it is clear he never really steps into that purpose. Instead, he winds himself up in a host of personal dramas that are all self-centered. Not once in the three chapters of scripture that chronicle his life does he show any concern for Israel, for the people God has chosen him to save. He enjoys the gifts of his God-given strength and uses them for his purposes. But as his story nears its end in the drama with Delilah, you get this sense of aimlessness from Samson. He becomes cavalier with what is incredibly sacred, allowing Delilah to get closer and closer to the truth with her pestering until he tells her the true source of his strength. This woman that loved 1,100 pieces of silver more than Samson betrays him to the Philistines. His head is shaved, and Scripture tells us that the Lord leaves him. When he awakes, It is clear he expects his strength to still be there, but it is not. And he is captured, blinded, and chained. The truth is that these physical conditions only manifest at the end of Samson's life what has been true all along. Samson has been so caught up in himself that he has been blind to God's purposes for him. And as a result, the true power of his strength is never revealed. Could we imagine what God would have been able to do through Samson if instead of using the gifts he had been given for himself alone, Samson had summoned all of that strength for God and God's people throughout his life? In the end, God still uses Samson to defeat the enemy, But Samson never is able to see God's purposes. 
even his final act of giving up his life in order to take the lives of the enemy is done in Samson's view simply to enact revenge on the Philistines for his two eyes. He never is able to see God's purposes clearly. And as a result, his story truly is a tragic one where so much strength, so much energy, so much life is wasted. Y'all, this world is full of Samsons. We live in a world, in a culture, that teaches us from the beginning to be focused on ourselves that wants us to use what we have been given to buy and acquire the things, the status that we are told will bring us all the joy and happiness we could ever want. And yet look around at the world we are living in. It is rife with broken relationships and broken systems. There are so many people hurting There are so many people aimless, feeling lost, having played the game we have all been taught to play their whole lives long and looking around at all they have accumulated and wondering what it is all for. Y'all, God did not create us to live for ourselves alone. God created us for relationship and for a purpose. We come alive when we recognize how much we belong to God and to one another. We come alive when out of that belonging, we begin to live into God's purposes for us. There is so much that is wasted. So much strength, so much energy, so much life that is wasted in our world today. Too many Samsons, For that matter, too many Delilahs that value silver over the ones they have been given to love. Could you imagine what could be possible if more strength, more energy, more life could be harnessed for God's purposes in the world? It was three years ago now, January 2018, when I was feeling more than a little aimless, I looked around me and I could see all this strength in us, all this potential, all these God-given gifts. And I just knew that God had a purpose for us that we had not yet discovered. Yet I felt stuck. Like we were on a treadmill that wasn't really going anywhere. But as your leader, your pastor, I had no idea how to get us off of it. Had no idea where to go, if and when we did. And was starting to question whether or not I was the pastoral leader God needed here. Thankfully, instead of distracting my aimless heart with some version of a Delilah, I laid that heart before God and asked God to help me to help me find my way, to discover God's purposes for you, for me, for us. Y'all, when we ask for God's help, when we truly surrender our own desires, our own will, when we truly surrender all and invite the Spirit of God in, y'all, God shows up. 
rushing wind, freight train, mighty storm, whatever image you want to latch onto, when we surrender all, when we cry out to God, when we invite God to show us the way, y'all, God shows up. And God did. And God has. When I think about what has transpired in these three years, when I think about where we are today, when I look out upon you and recognize the ways God is harnessing all this God-given strength, energy, life in you and in us for God's purposes, y'all, it takes my breath away. Of the course of these three years, we have been discerning what impact God wants us to make in the world. We have been paying attention to what Philistines exist in us and around us that need to be defeated for life to flourish here, for the beloved community of all God's people to take root and bear fruit in the world. A year ago, on another very red Super Bowl Sunday, We gathered together in this room, and I shared with you what we had discerned. That God was calling us to create on our property to become an inclusive center of community life, where love flourishes and relationships are built without constraints. And that this property, that center of life, would be home to worshiping communities that are transformative that change us for the better, and then send us out to be part of changing our beloved and broken world. It is a testament to the power of God that on this Sunday, a year later, in the midst of a global pandemic, that we are gathered together in a new, less easily definable space, but that as we gather, there is still strength, there is still energy, and there is still life. And we are still moving towards God's purposes for us in powerful ways. In our congregational meeting, we will share with you the progress we are making as we move towards that vision of becoming an inclusive center of community life that will allow us to use our eight acres of land for God's purposes to help move us all a little bit closer to that eighth day, resurrection day, that day when the community beloved will be fully realized, that day when death will be no more because our Lord of life will reign. We will share with you all the signs of God's presence, of the Spirit's movement as we move towards God's call the people, the partnerships, the resources that are being provided, the purpose that is being revealed. Y'all, I promise, I promise it will take your breath away. So don't miss it. Make sure you click on that Zoom link we will post in just a few minutes, minutes and join us after worship. You, if you are worshiping with us right now, I am convinced that is not by accident. You are here for a reason. There is strength, energy, and life in you that God is longing to harness for the life of this world.
Y'all, there are too many Samsons in our world today. Let us not be one of them. May we continue to surrender to our God. May we continue to trust God's mercy and grace. May we continue to let the Spirit move in us and through us. May we come alive to God's purposes for us. May we come alive for the life of this beloved and broken world. Say it with me. Amen. Amen.